0: Hey, this is the Catholic Money Mastermind podcast. This is the show where we explore the intersection of our faith and finances. You can learn more about our organization at catholicfinancialplanners.com. And please note that nothing in this episode should be construed as tax, investment, or legal advice. And here's episode one.
1: All right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to be able to be speaking with you today. I'm here with some fellow financial advisors, Andy Plattery from Kansas City and Sean Molini out of the greater Los Angeles area. And ultimately myself, Ben Martinek out of the upper Midwest, Bismarck, North Dakota is where I hail from. And we're going to talk about a little bit of our life story and why we established this network, which we like to call in shorthand CFPN. Again, that's the Catholic Financial Planners Network. So we're going to give each of us an opportunity to talk about our, our life story what brought us together, and how we're hoping to better serve you, our listener. So sit back and get ready for a wild ride as we delve right into it. So before we get uh, underway, let's introduce ourselves. Andy, do you mind saying a little bit about yourself as you have a moment?
0: Absolutely. Thanks, Ben. My name is Andy Flattery. As Ben mentioned, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, sitting in my home office today, and um, I'm married to uh, a wonderful young woman, and we've got one child and one on the way. And I've been running, well, I've been in financial services for something like 10 years, actually 10 years this month, but I've been running my own business for almost two years and um, just really love to partner with guys like you, like men of faith that also run their own financial services practice and are kind of going through the same thing. Part of the reason why i'm in this group and while i'm doing podcasts like this so that's a little bit about my story
1: cool well thanks uh, andy is there any fun takeaways that we should know about you and your background what's a favorite hobby or something just a point of interest that you could share with our listeners
0: (laughs) you know i i always joke with my wife but it's only a half joke about wanting to have the family band so (laughs) i'm like the guy that sings in the shower every day i'm the guy that's always jamming on the guitar. And one of the little fun takeaways is that I have another podcast that I started called The Reformed Financial Advisor, and I do all of the music for the podcast. So, for example, like we have these goofy disclosures that we have to sing as as or we have to say as a part of the kind of regulated financial services industry, and I always make a song out of them. So I like to sing the disclosure songs. So it's just kind of part of my my personality, and I, I enjoy it.
1: All right, that's definitely a fun takeaway, Andy. So n- n- something new for me, and I'm sure for Sean. So <laughs> I think that was a-, a good one to share. Well, Sean, if you don't mind, could you share a little bit about about your background? You know what what brings you here today? Why are you with the network? Why'd you get into financial services, and maybe a little fun takeaway?
2: Absolutely, Ben. Thanks so much. My name's Sean Mullaney. I'm a financial planner based out of Woodland Hills, California, which is part of Los Angeles. And I'm actually a career changer. So I spent, including my time as a financial planner, about 20 years in the tax profession. I was mostly a corporate tax advisor. And I always sort of had that little itch on the side oh, I should do some individual financial planning. It was something that was always of interest to me, but I never quite felt like I should get off the corporate tax path. I worked for big four accounting firms and the internal revenue service. And I had, you know, success in that career, but the itch just kept getting deeper and itchier, and so I decided, all right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to become an individual financial planner. And that's what I've done. I opened my practice in 2019, and I'm working with individual clients, self-employed, W2 workers, small business owners, And it's a a great industry to be in. And I think being a part of a network like this is a really good thing in that this industry actually sort of lends itself to sole practitioners. All three of us are sole practitioners, I believe, for the most part, or at least largely so. And so having a network of like-minded individuals to socialize with, communicate with is really good. So yeah, that's sort of why I'm here. And yeah, I'm, I'm still... Somewhat new to this industry, but of course, every day I'm getting more experienced. It's, it's a really good place to be right now.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, everyone who's listening, you should take away from this that Sean is our resident tax expert. So, if you got any tax questions, Sean's your guy. You've got to talk to him. So, <laughs> thanks for that. So, what about a fun takeaway, though? I mean, what? Uh, could you tell us, tell us something about your family history, your own idiosyncrasies or, or something yeah, that would fun, be fun? A
2: fun takeaway is I've now lived on both coasts. I was born in Flushing, Queens and spent a lot of my childhood on Long Island. And then spent a lot of my adulthood in Arlington, Virginia, right outside Washington, D.C. And then I like to say I made a tax inefficient move. I moved (laughs) to California to date my now wife. And she's a native uh, of Los Angeles. And so we're very happy that that all worked out. But yeah, I had a, a personal transition in 2017, moving out to California. And then in 2018, my wife and I got married. So, yeah, that's a little bit of a fun fact is that I can I, I have a bit of a, an East Coast perspective out here on the West Coast.
1: All right. Well, that is definitely a fun fact. We'll have to see how much additional perspective you can offer to our guests from having seen both sides of the country, so to say. So, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and chime in then. My name's uh, Ben Martinek. I've got a, a financial practice called Bonafide Finance otherwise spelled or pronounced as bona fide finance but i have a latin background and so i like to give it the latin pronunciation so bona fide which is means in good faith and uh, we established that about five years ago and you know service uh, younger younger clients you know have been seeing a lot of success here of late as time has gone along so uh, i hail now presently uh, in Bismarck, north dakota but i'm originally from west central indiana i only met my wife in eastern ohio where she's from the Ohio area, but we met there in, in grad school going to Franciscan University. And then it's kind of a long story. There's a lot of details here. I'll, I'll just keep it short and sweet. Ultimately, through some a lot of radio listening that we were doing together, we became big fans of Dave Ramsey. And even though my background previously was in philosophy, uh, so I'm definitely a career changer, no question. You know, I, I have a master's degree in philosophy, ultimately migrated into financial services. And yeah, it's been not the easiest road, but uh, we're we're getting there, and we're seeing you know success in the the tran- the changeover, and it's it's been great. I, only the reason why we've able to connect, I think, as a group, part of the reason that this network is starting to exist is that uh, I was part of another nas- national association, and I had done a podcast there, and Andy, and our good friend here, listened to that and reached out to me and. He started a small study group, which in ultimately Sean has become a, a member along with some other participants within this network. And uh, over time, as we've been uh, meeting pretty consistently for the last year, we've we've decided to you know launch a podcast and start to share you know the benefits of financial planning with our, our listenership. So it's it's exciting to be part of this. It's exciting to be able to share some of you know the ways we benefit ourselves and our clients through financial planning. But I think maybe as just a fun fact that I'd like to to end with. This is definitely a fun fact and speaks a little bit of, to my background. As a way for us to handle our own student loan debt, my wife and I came from Franciscan, and we got married in 2008. We're wrapping up with grad school in the 2008 timeframe, so right in the middle of the Great Financial Recession. She has a master's degree in theology; I had one in philosophy. So we, our job prospects, to say the least, were pretty limited. And so we came up with the wild hair idea of becoming over-the-road truck drivers. And we spent two and a half years living on the road, paying down our student loan debt. So we paid off about $100,000 in that time period. And that's only what got us to migrate out to Bismarck, North Dakota. So I'd love to tell you the rest of the story, but you'll have to listen to another podcast episode for, to get all those interesting details.
0: <laughs> ben, I think you won the fun fact game. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, thanks. Boy, I tell you what, I could spend uh, whole episodes on, on our time just on the road. <laughs> There's so much to share, but it's getting to be a while. It's almost 10 years since we were last driving truck together. Well, gentlemen, you know, as we're thinking about our time here today, what would you want to share with the the listenership on, you know, the value you think financial planning or services offers and and why why this is, you know, worth somebody's time? I mean, wh- uh, why should they listen to us rather than some other Joe Schmo? Andy, do you want to take the lead on that one?
0: Yeah. You know, the way that I got into financial planning, I always tell people, was kind of through the back door. The kind of genesis of my career was during the 2008 financial crisis. I have no problem saying this now. I actually was laid off from the first job I ever had out of school in 2009. And I happened to meet a a stockbroker, like an old school, New York style, like Wolf of Wall Street type of stockbroker who offered me a job. What I was doing was cold calling for $2,000 a month. So this would have been 2010, I suppose. And and I think I had a fancy title. My, my name was Private Wealth Manager. But in reality, my, my job was pick up the phone, dial and, and try to bring in new accounts for the firm. And, and that was what really what I thought the kind of financial services business was. And of course, that's been well documented that for a long time, that is exactly what the financial services business was. But mm-hmm. but over the years, I happened to, Ben, like you, I picked up a Dave Ramsey book, started listening to Dave Ramsey. And, and the real game changer was, I started reading this gentleman named Michael Kitsis, who is um, maybe the godfather of financial planning on the inter- internet today. His, his blog just put so many ideas in my head, as to how I really should be serving clients. And I was able to kind of see the, the perils of the whole kind of stockbroker business. It was pretty obvious anyway, but Kitsis was able to show me the kind of the other way, which I had no idea existed. And so that that kind of gave my path. And what I've learned over the years is that most, you know, especially young men, that's a lot of the people that I've connected with over the years, we don't need a hot, hot stock pick. What we really need is... Help planning our personal finances, and, and someone that can help us build a vision for the future and figure out how to align our finances with that vision. And that's been the kind of big inspiration for me that over the years has kind of helped develop into the financial planner that I've become. So it's been a long journey, but that's kind of how I've how I've landed at financial planning myself. So yeah,
2: let me, let me throw in, I, I, Andy. I really liked your your talk about going from the old stockbroker model and the hot stock to, no, it's really about focusing on fundamentals and having a real plan in place. And some of that really is an act of love towards your loved ones, right? It's not about, all right, I'm going to become rich because I'm going to work with a financial planner. It's more about, you know, how am I going to take care of my spouse? How am I going to take care of my children, right? It may be that things are okay, right? The paychecks are coming in and the bills are getting paid. Well, that's great. But what if something happens? What if there's a job loss? What if there's an injury? What if there's a car accident or heaven forbid a death, right? Financial planning puts you in a place where your finances are so much better taken care of for your loved ones. So that's one aspect to think about. It's not all about you. It's about your loved ones and helping to take care of their financial future as you do financial planning.
1: Yeah, I mean that sounds you know really on point, Sean. I mean I think you know to bring this back to more of a Catholic element, it's it's about stewardship, right? It's about making good use of the money if it's been uh, given to you. And if we even think of the scripture verses, you know, it's about you know being dutiful in the small things so that you can be dutiful and be given the responsibility in the larger larger things. So ultimately, more talents can be given uh, upon you. And so you know it's just money is a stressful subject matter. It can be a cause of conflict very often in families or relationships can only tear people apart. And so if we can be a, a, a solution, a bit of like a money therapist, quite honestly, for for clients, then I feel like we're doing a great good for uh, society, you know, for the family and, and really only for the church. You know, it's, it would be hard for the kingdom of God to grow in the absence of good financial situation. Not impossible. I think God doesn't have to operate on money, but it does help if the money uh, money's there. And, you know, they like to joke that God, uh, the church operates on grace and money and not always in that order. And so that's a joke I picked up from way back when I was in, in the seminary.
2: Well, and, so and, I, and that's, that, that's some really good observations around the church's role in all this and our role in the universal church. There's a whole lot of content out there, and it's a varying quality, don't get me wrong, but there's plenty of content out there on Roth IRAs or life insurance or wills or investing, right, whatever you want to talk about. There isn't that much content out there around those items and other issues, moral issues, from a Catholic perspective. And I think we are going to hopefully fill a good amount of that void. And I think that's part of the reason to be excited about this network is that, we're going to provide some content that incorporates that catholic focus and perspective.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Sean. I mean, let's, you know, part of the, why this is called the Catholic Financial Planning Network, uh, let's not spend too time with much time without speaking about it. Well, I mean, we're all we're all Catholics and that's a unifying theme amongst us and, you know, we're we're men of faith, we're committed to to uh, the beliefs of the church and, you know, we want to be able to speak to that. And so we're, in a sense, we're going to have our feet in both Both are a foot in both sides of the aisle here where we're talking about a rather secular worldly thing of money and finance and how to even maybe uh, accumulate wealth or grow and be successful or what to do with the wealth you have. But at the same time, having a mind towards uh, you know spiritual beliefs and uh, not just the the here and now, but the eternal and and keeping a, a perspective to what we only think is most important for ourselves, which isn't at the end of the day defined by dollars and cents. Andy, do you have anything that you'd like to chime in on when it, as in terms of the Catholic element of, of the network and why you know, we hope to you know, energize our listenership or you have a special affinity to any fellow Christian believers, Catholics out there?
0: Yeah, well said. I mean, I think one of the wonderful things that you could say about in the internet today is that you, you see kind of people putting pieces together of different elements of like different areas of research or different niches and they kind of combine them. So you know an example that I read recently was Sean, you had a great blog post where you talked about Cosmo Kramer, one of your favorite characters on Seinfeld, but then you integrated into into personal finance where you were able to tell about the kind of business decisions and the personal finance decisions that Kramer made and you would never see that if this was not the kind of world of the internet where people are being creative with different types of content. And that's just a long way for me to say that I think it's opened up a huge opportunity for us to combine our Catholic faith and our Catholic beliefs in this 2000 years of tradition with a fairly new profession, which is personal financial planning. Obviously like personal financial planning in a sense has been around for a long time, but, but really as a profession, it's a fairly new thing. So I think, it's kind of ripe territory for someone that has the kind of mind of a Catholic to bring the elements of Catholicism to personal financial planning. And I've just noticed that even with my own conversations with clients and friends, young Catholic families that are thinking about things like tithing and how to support their families and you know, even how to invest and how to build a legacy, a lot of these elements kind of run into our Catholic faith and, and it makes sense that we should be combining our faith with our finances in certain ways so that's that's what gets me really excited about this network is that we're, we're attempting to do that.
1: yeah so I think you know you as the listener you're going to get a lot of a variety of topics from us uh, certainly some of your tried and true financial planning topics of maybe what to do with a Roth IRA or why it's important or how to invest in your 401k or how much you should be saving. Right amount of life insurance. I mean, there, there's any number of things that we could talk about specifically to personal finance, and we certainly will be talking about those. But I think what's also going to be very unique and special, beneficial about listening to us is we're hopefully the you know the, the Catholic next door in a kind of a, a setting in which you know if you share uh, similar beliefs or convictions or have the same faith, then uh, well now you're going to have a chance to pull up a, a, a chair and, and have a seat. At the table as we talk about these subjects and we'll you know i think each of us is pretty well read catechized in terms of the, the beliefs of the church and so we can speak to these matters i, I don't know if it's matters in, in an authoritative sense by any means but we aren't going to stay away from them or shy away at, at, of feeling like we're out of out of scope so i think you're going to get both you know an angle of perspective on finances but also a perspective on what we believe the church teaches on these subject matters and how we are you know implementing that in our daily lives. So that's uh, should be awesome. Yeah, you
0: know we're learning Ben, so we're learning and I think you know that's the wonderful thing about doing these podcasts is we can be open about that, but you know with 2000 years of history and knowledge, the church ought to have something to say about finance, you know, and, and money and so I think you know we can learn with the audience and bring a little bit of credibility to this being is how we all have experience in personal financial planning ourselves.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I suppose as we start to round the wind this down, do any of you gentlemen, as, as we wrap up the introductory episode, something else you'd like to leave with our audience for them to think or ponder about either about us individually or, or us as a network? Is, do any of you perceive a, a specialty within yourself where you, you really help and assist assist clients and you stand out above the rest in terms of how you're able to help them? Sean, do you maybe uh, you mind chiming? You've got this tax background, right? So I sure, mean, you, you've got yeah. to know one or two things about taxes, right?
2: Yeah, and I think Ben, you bring up a great point. It's not about necessarily working with the "quote unquote" best financial planner. It's about working with a financial planner that is best aligned with you, right? Your beliefs, your values, and frankly, your communication style, right? So. You know, it, it depends on what you are looking for and what your needs are. I work a lot of times with clients on retirement plans and you know, tax advantage saving and things like that. That's an area I tend to drill down on, maybe more than some other financial planners. I, I definitely, I like to say I am a tax focused financial planner, but a lot of it isn't so much about. You know, there are plenty of great experts in all different fields out there, but it's about finding a planner that you work well with, especially in terms of communication style.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, at the end of the day, sharing money is a pretty vulnerable thing to do. And so, you know, if you're going to do that, you should do it with somebody that you ultimately trust and like and are okay with, you know, making yourself vulnerable with. So, you know, we all have various personalities and things we like or dislike about others. And so, ultimately, you should find someone that you ultimately connect with well with because... But you know you're going to be talking about your money with them. I mean, it would be kind of an odd relationship to be be so intimate with somebody and not really get along or know them well or not want to be not wanting them to know much about you. I, I feel like that could be a bit of a, a frustrated relationship as the years go along. Andy, do you have any thoughts uh, that you want to chime in there in terms of the, just the quality of the connection between the client and you know the financial planner and their ability to assist assist you in your decisions of money?
0: Yeah, sure. You know, I had a client tell me kind of a great anecdote the other day that made so much sense to me. He said, you know, about three years ago, my wife and I made the decision to just give up soda altogether. It was just something that was important to us. And we realized that it was, would probably be great for our health. And he says, it was a little challenging at first. It wasn't impossible, but the longer we did it, the, the easier it became. And now three years later, both of us are much healthier. We've lost some weight and you know we're pretty young now, but decades down the road this could this could be huge for us and he's like, "I want you Andy, to do that exact same thing for our financial household hmm. and that was that was that was kind of a light bulb moment for me because I think that's exactly what I'm trying to accomplish for my clients it's It's trying to maybe help them be a little bit uncomfortable today so that they can reach their goals decades down the road when it's not super obvious that small changes. In your 30s and 40s can actually make such a huge difference in your 50s, 60s, and 70s, and even older, and even, you know, going down the generations. So that's kind of how I think of it. I'm an athlete too. So those kind of little things that you can do to improve your performance and to make yourself better every day really make sense for me. But sometimes you need a coach. You need that person that can help cast a vision for you know what kind of athlete you are, and help you help hold you accountable to what it is that you should be doing to get to where you want to be. So that's kind of what I think a financial advisor is, or at least what I'm trying to accomplish with um, the conversations I have with my clients.
1: Yeah, what that, that's great, Andy. I mean, I really think that's spot on, right? I mean. <clears throat> It's uh, we all want to make changes, but sometimes the changes that we need to make aren't the ones we want to make. <laughs> and and uh, you know having that advisor be able to look, you really need to do this, and uh, you're only you know you've hired me out to make sure that this gets done for you. Like it, that starts to become life changing, uh, and it may not be uh, something that you realize right away, but as the years pass along, you know as they say, you know the days may may not teach you things, but the years will. But, you know, as the years pass along, you start to see really the benefit and the effect of this working relationship. And that's, you know, that's invigorating for me as the advisor to, to see how my clients are, have been improving and things are, you know, one of the significant ways in which it improves is just a, a greater sense of peace and security and sense of contentment. You know, sometimes you might think that, uh, you know, a way to, to receive contentment in your finances is just simply to make a little more money. And although that can be helpful, the truth is, is, you know, making more money isn't necessarily always the answer because we work with people who make quite a bit of money. And I I can tell you they can still struggle with having contentment in your finances. And so, you know, this search for satisfaction and and a peace, maybe a resignation of faith, one might say, I, I think it takes work and it's hard to accomplish always just by yourself. It helps to have that outside party who can help vouch in and speak a little more objectively to where you stand in your situation and can give you a a yay or nay as to where you stand, whether or not you're doing just fine or whether or not we need to make some changes here. And and these are the changes I'm proposing.
2: Ben, I know you work a lot with clients that have student loan debt. I'm curious, and I think this would be something that'll be great for the listeners as the podcast goes on. But is, is that something you focus in? And is that something that you work a lot with clients on?
1: It is. Yeah, I'm glad I I suppose you brought that up. I've definitely got a specialty at this point in student loans. The irony is, is the way Deb and I handled our student loan repayment is not necessarily how I advise or manage clients (laughs) to handle it. And so, although I'm not necessarily opposed for someone who pursue uh, aggressive repayment, which is ultimately our tactic, we just got... Uh, you know, we, we lived very simply and took as much money as we could, and we, we paid off a large chunk of our student loan debt. When we when we got married, to give you some details, we had about one hundred sixty thousand dollars of debt to our name. A good part of that was student loans, but some of it was car debt, some of it was credit cards, and uh, we had really just a mess and a and a deep hole. And you know, we really had to get at it if we were to make any headway. It, it was not the best times, and again, we were we were getting married in two thousand eight. So if you can, you can imagine the stress. It was it was all very real, but as the years have Gone along, I've, you know, as I was working with younger clients, student loans became more and more of a question. And, you know, the truth is, is aggressive repayment just wasn't always the best answer, or not even a feasible one. The income to debt ratio just were was too skewed. There's too much debt for the amount of income to make this reasonable. And so I've, you know, I've become very well read into what's called the income driven repayment plans, and then ultimately some of the tax implications that come with these income driven repayment plans, and ultimately the best way to repay student loan debt. If it's only the most economical to the client, which sometimes is to only hold the debt and, and look for a pathway to forgiveness. So I don't want to get into too many of the details of that, but there is a, a good number of our clients at this point who are coming out to us only in an, a moment of irony to have us manage their debt and not necessarily so much their assets at this point. Because the, the assets are few, but the debt is large.
2: Yeah, no, that's great, Ben. And it it goes to what I think this podcast will ultimately be about, which is growing personally and in our finances, you know, in a way that's consistent and enhances our Catholic faith, right? And so, it's great that that's one of the ways that you help clients do that.
1: Yeah. I, it, it's, it's rewarding work. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to be an answer for folks because it's not easy always, time, always to get an answer. And, I, and maybe not just so much specific to student loans, but just across the board. There's a lot of satisfaction I find in this role of one might describe again as money therapy in which you, know, we have, you have anxiety with your money, insecurity, questions. You're maybe paralyzed, not sure what to do with it. And it's, it's just nagging at you. And uh, you know, one of the ways we can really deliver value is we help resolve and take all that anxiety away, almost as if it's a, a bit of medicine. So usually it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while for these changes to take effect and, and, and for you to see the results. But like as Andy was suggesting earlier with the value of good coaching, uh, yeah, we can transform where you stand and, and ultimately not have that anxiety, what dictates uh, your day-to-day uh, decision making. Well said, Ben. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, gentlemen, Andy, do you feel as you're thinking of any last tidbits, you'd like to leave the client-based areas of specialty or something else you'd like them to know about you as uh, as we start to sign off?
0: Not in particular, yeah. If anyone wants to hear the aforementioned Goofy Disclosure song, the rep- the podcast is called The Reformed Financial Advisor. And that's where I kind of outline some of the things that I, I believe about personal financial planning and investing. And it's got kind of a Kansas City focus, which is where I'm located. And, and, you know, the other reason is just so I can sing on the podcast as well, too.
1: (laughs) All right. So you're a scening athlete. I mean, that's a rare combo right there. A athlete, financial advisor. I mean, folks, I mean, let's not wait any longer. You should rush and uh, give a call to Andy. (laughs) You know, I mean, if that's your guy, I think we found him for you. So, but uh, no, well, I mean, I think in conclusion, you know, we're a, we're a solid group of advisors that have come together. We're all pretty uh, well-educated and and trained at this point with, uh, you know, I, each of us is a certified financial planner or a CPA. We've got some degree of, of credential or specialization. Uh, we think that's important, although it's not the end all and be all in terms of being a good financial advisor. But we do prize ourselves on you know have we spent any time studying this material as as a determiner to some extent as to whether or not we can be a good advisor for our listenership. So uh, yeah, but we're also while being you know well educated and familiar with how to handle money, we. You know, we're committed Catholics and, you know, we believe in the gospel, but we believe in, in the, the gospel of Jesus, you know, to be more specifically and, you know, we're followers or believers uh, of the Catholic Church. So, yeah. So, I suppose with uh, that all being said, let's, let's put this show in the books. I kind of like that expression and we'll expect to hear future shows. I mean, in terms of, of future topics, listeners, there's anything that we could listen to. You're certainly welcome to chime in and give us some suggestions, but... We're wanting to talk about the benefits of financial planning to pathways to financial independence, different ways to budget, ins and outs of buying a house or what's good debt versus bad debt, maybe how to give charitably or the best ways to optimize your charitable contributions. We've got a whole list of ideas that we plan to talk about. So just uh, stay tuned in and we'll be having a new episode your way anytime now. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. Sean, we'll sign off and we'll see you next time. huh?
2: Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Andy.